But yeah, I think it's all about positive reflection. Because you can reflect on something, and I think that's what it was. I was reflecting before, just very negatively. And I was trying to find negative solutions and not positive solutions. But now when I reflect, I have the remembrance of God. I think that's what it is. It's true. It's like everything that you do when you open your mouth and your tongue. And you have to be careful with what you say, what you do, what you see. Um, and I think those are just good reminders because... You know, I understand I don't have to, you know, ADHD, again, is not a burden. It's a gift, you know. You can be impulsive in great ways, but you can also be impulsive in negative ways. You can say what's on your mind in great ways, but you can also say what's on your mind in terrible ways. Um, so I think it's just learning because ADHD is, it can be a burden. can be a burden on the people around you, making it difficult and hard. And I think that's where it was for me. I was just difficult and hard. And I, you know, friendships are always hard. And being particular is really hard. Being a highly sensitive person is really hard. And that's why we try to have these barriers making us feel... Um, not barriers, but we have these walls up. We're always trying to act like we're perfect and when we're really not. And I think that's why transparency and honesty within ourselves and is what's needed and necessary because I was sick of pretending and pretending to have my life together. And that's when you're trying so hard to be perfect when no one's perfect, that's when there's more room for mistakes there's more room to make bigger mistakes because you're watching so closely. I'm trying to... That's why, you know, I can't fully dismiss my ADHD. Um, and I do think it's important to not let it lead your life and just live it and not have everything be an excuse, right? Again... Mental health is an explanation, not an excuse. And I think that's why. Um, but those lines can be very much blurred. You can... And I think that's the issue. And that's what I'm working on too and I'm learning. And there's no problem in continuing to mess up. And But it's it's when you reach a certain age. Like now it's like I'm really... You know, all my... All my mistakes were done when I was still a teenager. I was 19. As soon as I turned 20, I, I did change my life. And I changed it around. And You know what I mean? And now it's like I hold myself more accountable, I think. When you reach your 20s, you, you hold yourself more accountable for things, which is why, like, I can't, you know, adult ADHD is hard. And it's like ADHD is not curable. I don't think it's curable. You can ease it. But it has to do a lot with self-reflection, self-help, and um, helping yourself. Because, again, like, I think when I first discovered having ADHD, I was just, like, everything just made sense and everything was clear to me. 
Um, and I was like, this is this makes so much more sense. And that's why when you gain knowledge and when you're a very, um, I need to understand the reason behind things. I think that's also why religion is hard for some people and why it was hard for me too, because, you know, I like, I like contextual evidence. I like scientific evidence. I like things to be proven and I want all my answers to be answered. But that's the thing in life. Sometimes you're not going to always get the answers that you want because this is coming from someone who struggled with faith, but now I'm so close to it. Um, not to say faith is for everyone. I think faith should be for everyone if you allow it to be. But not everyone in this life will understand religion. Not everyone will. And that's why for me, you know, every day is a blessing. And I say that because, you know, I think when you find what you're looking for, you want to look for more. And that's where it's like curiosity kills the cat. Like, you know, not literally but um you know wanting to know everything about adhd it's great it's great that's why when you're in a field of study you want to go deeper and you want to go deeper and deeper within that study but sometimes it's like you just have to work within your limits and discover within your limits because um even though there's a lot of explanation as to why we are the way we are and we do need more research and research is important we can't lose sight of um blaming it on something i think i think that was a big thing for me because i think you know being placed when you just are not accepted for so long and you have a lot of disadvantages against you again we're taught were brought up you know as a black muslim woman like that's just that's a lot and also someone who has adhd like that's a lot and i was already struggling to be a muslim um and again no religion comes without struggle no person comes without struggle so no matter what identification you have i don't even need to identify myself as a muslim in the context of what I'm talking about or religion or my color or anything just being a human being we're struggling but then when you add those things to to it it's like it makes your life harder and that's why sometimes labels are great that's why they say like labels are great but it's what is concealed in your heart the intentions that you have in your heart that you don't need to always make known to everyone else and i think that's a big thing with adhd too like and oversharing we just overshare everything and not just adhd just the generation we live in we want to overshare everything and and when you have impulsivity and when i just talk the way i think because it's like i don't really process things that well I'm working on it. It's a processing disorder. Um, I just process things differently, sometimes at great rates and at sometimes not the best. But it's like, like now I can have a conversation and, and for me it's very processed well. But then there's certain times when I'm angry, when we feel these other types of emotions and they're not processed in the best of our ability. That's why it's like, you know, 
we do have to be more gentle with the world around us. We do have to be more gentle with people around us because we actually don't know. That's why they say there are visible and invisible disabilities. And I think, too, with ADHD, it's like, you know, I'm starting to learn, and I always preach it, it's, it's not a burden, it's a gift, but it can be a burden and not be a gift. And I think that's the whole part of accepting your diagnosis because before I thought it was a burden and I didn't think it was a gift. But now I realize and recognize it's a gift, it's not a burden. Because with that, there's so many other mental health concerns. That's why it's so hard to diagnose it in women because we're always, we're in, society has conformed us in this, in this box. Again, that's another Again, another identifiable struggle, being a woman, being black, being Muslim, having ADHD, having mental illness. And, you know, I don't see, I see mental health, they can be an illness because it does feel debilitating and like you're nothing and like you're alone. And that's the thing, when you're alone in your own thoughts and you're alone in your own head, and if you're an overthinker like I am and I overthink all the time, I think about every small little detail. My mind is just a lot. Like sometimes I wouldn't want someone to be in my head. And we say that all the time because, you know, the littlest of thing and I'm just in a spiral. Um, but again, you have to find what your peace is, what your calm is. And when I kind of understood, and I'm still on my journey, your journey never stops. Um, I just, you know, I say this all the time, like I turned 20 and I just aged a crazy amount. Like as soon as, like I had so many terrible things, not terrible, because I don't see them as terrible. I see them as lessons. I had so many things happen to me that I looked at as a negative right before I turned 20. And turning 20, I was very much alone. I wasn't, see again, like, looking back, I thought I was very much alone. I didn't have friends, I didn't have people. I lost all my friends, I isolated myself. I did it to myself, but I also, people did it to me. And I just realized that like, you know, I was proud of myself because 20 hard years of knowing of not knowing you had something and then you have it and then you're told it's like it takes a process to understand that's why I just have a lot of compassion even for the people who hurt me and the people I hurt because I know they were struggling in silence and that's why it hurts that like I wasn't the kindest person because even though I knew that's what was needed for me because I knew those environments weren't serving my purpose, but at the same time, like, you know, these in, some, some individuals shared a lot with me and I shared a lot with them. And that I will never take for granted because I do think every soul I have spoken to has good. Everyone's capable of being a good person. And this is literally something I learned yesterday. This is why I take everything that people say to me and, and instead of reacting, it's choosing to process it and then responding 
Um, and I think that's what's helped me kind of understand things a little bit more because, you know, light and dark cannot coexist. I don't think they can. They can't coexist. One has to outpower the other. And that just goes with how you carry yourself as a person, how you act towards your neighbors, your brother, your sisters, um, the world around you, and how you feel in your heart. Because I think I've always, you know, like, again, like, you can say you're a lot of things, but it's the way you act. It's about two-faced. I feel like I was very much two-faced for portions of my life because I was always trying to hide um, or trying to always seem perfect because I was struggling in silence in silence and I think a lot of people do that and I think we always try and paint people being two-faced as complete it is a negative I do believe being two-faced is a negative but at the same time when you realize you're being two-faced and you still choose to be two-faced that's a problem because I wasn't being two-faced because I was trying to gain something. I was trying to hide something. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They're two-faced because they're trying to hide something. And it was up until the point where I realized I don't want to really hide who I truly am anymore because I've accepted me. And um, that's when you just try and mirror what people are doing in your life um, to fit in. And that's how you can be two-faced, but in a negative way. And that's, again, why I just hold so much compassion for people. Because, you know, I could point the finger and be like, oh, you're being two-faced. You're being two-faced. You're being two-faced. But, again, we're all struggling. And we all have our struggles. And we all have our things. And I think that's why I came off as two-faced. Because, you know, even though I knew that sometimes people were treating me absolutely garbage. And treating others like garbage. It was like also that sense like I can't treat you terribly because or I can't treat you with disrespect even if you were disrespecting me because um I know that we all have our silent struggles and that is the intention and that's why they say God is the person who knows what's in your heart because I wasn't for some people people are just actually just two-faced because they want to be rude and malicious but for me it was like it was always at a crossroads where it's like, yo, like, I know this person is not the best for me or not treating others the best, but, you know, maybe if I show kindness and if I be nice or, you know, that could help. But at the end of the day, and that's another big lesson I learned is that you can't, you can't heal anyone. You can't help anyone who doesn't want to be helped or doesn't want to make the change within themselves. And that's where it's like you cannot seek accountability from anyone else but yourself, right? That's why they say when you go into apologizing to someone, it's not to expect an apology back for something. And that's why, you know, watching all these like TV shows um, where it's like you want your partner to apologize to you. But why do you want your partner to apologize? It's not going to be genuine if they don't if they don't apologize on on understanding that they did something wrong you can present something to someone and be like hey x y and z is not okay but you shouldn't be like i deserve an apology from you or you shouldn't even have that at the back of your head because those are your answers yourself i think that was a big thing for me where i just started like you know i realize now i seek a lot of apologies i sought a lot of apologies from people because it's like 
how is it that I'm standing here so vulnerable, honest, open, and taking accountability and no one else can do the same? But that defeats the purpose because, you know, at the end of the day now where I'm at, it's like, I don't need an apology. I don't need closure. I don't need to be like, we always want to be right. And there's a problem with that. Because sometimes you can be right without having it proven. Because at the and that's the, that stems back to that whole thing about we want to research, research, research things, and we want the answers. And I'm very much a type of person. I want answers. I want responses. I want everything, because it proves to me that I'm not crazy, right? And it proves to anyone that they're not crazy or they're not over analyzing something. I'm very over analytical. And I think, and, and it's a good thing and a bad thing. That's what I'm saying. Everything in life is good and bad, and you can see it as good and bad. But at the same time, it's like sometimes you have to be comfortable with understanding that not everything in life needs to be proven. And that's the same thing within your own circles, within your own friend groups, within your own social groups, that not everything needs an apology if you have accepted accountability for yourself not saying like again big 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 crimes you know are not okay and that's where it's like no but just imagine all the crimes that are yet to be like you know and that's life man like that's life and we sit down and we want everything to be reported and We want everything to be all these different things, but it's like, it's like, um, you know, we don't always get what we want in this life and in this lifetime, but that's where it's like justice will be served at the end of the day. Justice will be served and it's not even karma because it's like I use always, you know, what goes around comes around and to some degree that is true. But it's not, it's not up to us to place anything on anyone or even say that with our tongue because it's like, I think when you have a lot of bad things happen to you, you want to see bad, you want to see justice for yourself and the people who are doing those bad things. But at the same time, it's not your job. It's not your job. And I think that was a big thing for me because it's like, I've always had a problem standing up for myself. And even when I do stand up for myself, um, I'm always made to feel like I can't do it. And that's why I always want the results. I want people to, you know, because it's like, yo, like I've struggled with standing up for myself. So it's like when I do, I don't do it lightly. And then sometimes you just give up. But sometimes giving up is not always a loss. And I think that's, that was a big thing for me too. I had to learn. I, I, I had to learn, like, sometimes stepping away, blocking people, just removing myself from situations, removing myself from environments does not mean someone won or someone lost. Because in my eye, in other people's eyes, that could seem like they win, I lose. But in my eyes, I don't see it as win or lose. I just see it as I'm just not, I'm not feeding into what I used to feed into. And I personally think everyone wins because... um everyone wins and everyone loses on both ends um I don't know I just feel like I've done so much growing healing working on myself and 
you know that like the goal is to always help people because I feel like there's a lot of things that I figured out or you know I could again I take everything now with a grain of salt I don't really open up to people that much um if I'm going out and I meet someone it's like everything is very surface level until I feel as though I can really truly open up about things even now I I do you know I always tell people it's suffering and struggling in silence are two different things suffering is i like to think when you your back is up against the wall and you just you can't take it anymore suffering in silence is still it's turning to something that brings you comfort because everyone suffers in silence and i always do preach that you don't have to take all your burdens all on by yourself you can confide in people but you have to be careful about the people that you confide in and for me, I used to always just confide in my friends, confide in my friends, confide in my friends. And some friends would give me the best of advice and some friends would give me the worst of advice. But that's the thing. Even if your friends are giving you advice, you take it with a grain of salt. You take everything with a grain of salt. Even your parents. You know, your parents give you advice. You take it with a grain of salt. But finding those people in your life who are going to want the best for you and not other um, ulterior motives. And, you know, you find what, what, what that is for you. I think I find a lot of comfort with um, speaking to God. And, you know, um, and that's where I find my comfort now. It's not, it's not seeking guidance from my friends as much. Yeah, sure, I can tell them about a situation and, or certain friends because I don't really... I have so many friends. And, I have, like, and that's also another thing, like, really defining who your friends are from your acquaintances from your classwork, from your peers, from all those different, like, taxonomy of friendship. Aristotle, he came up with that, and I just, I really believe that it's important to differentiate the levels of friendships, because that's when, I, I already figured this out, and this is the thing, like, I figured all these things out when I was in certain environments, but I didn't actually put them into practice until I healed, and I'm still continuously healing, because it's like, now, for me, it's like, I look at friendships differently, um, because I can't, I, I simply can't, you can't overextend yourself because that's how you become drained. And, you know, I complained a lot about, oh my gosh, I'm so drained. Oh my gosh, I'm always there for people. But at the same time, I'm not pointing the finger at myself. I get, I make myself, my door always open. And I use this as a very big example. I, in my apartment, I used to have led lights and although you can't really see and you could see the lights that were on and I feel like my lights were always on and that was a metaphor for my doors always being open my heart always being open to help anyone and everyone anyone and everyone and I mean that even the people who hurt me the most I was always just wanting to help everyone and that doesn't make me a good person or a bad person because I liked to believe, even if I was helping people who didn't deserve to be helped, um, I was doing a good thing. But at the same time, I was doing myself a dis disservice. And upon starting to heal and everything, I turned my lights off. And they've been off. But that doesn't mean my door is closed. It's open. But a crack. It's a crack is open for very limited people. Because you cannot, have fr you cannot be friends with everyone. You're going to drain yourself. 
And that's, I think, when I was reading about Aristotle's friendship taxonomy. It's like, you, as a human being, you can't take on everything. You can't. And I think that's what I was doing a lot. And I just have always lived myself, my life, just draining, drain, 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 drained. I was just always tired, 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 tired. And it's because um, I'm taking on problems that aren't my problems. And that, that's simple put. I was taking on issues that weren't my issues. And sometimes it's good to bite your tongue and not take on anyone's problems anymore. Because it's like, you know, I can't be that saving grace for every person in my life. Um, and vice versa. Not everyone can be saving grace in my life. Um, you know, and I said this all the time where it was like I confused a lot of deep level friendships when they were only supposed to be surface. And that's my problem. Like, that's oversharing. That's a big thing that we do. We give our all into friendships. Then we get so attached. Oh, my God. That bird, like, just <laughs> flew across my face. We give our all. We get attached so easily that we don't really realize that, like, that can also be very detrimental. And I think that's what secure attachment is. Secure attachment is understand, And that's why all these attachment styles are so important to study and also realize and recognize because it's like secure attachment isn't isn't doing too much and oversharing and being friends and buddy like it's really being secure in yourself (laughs) secure attachment is being secure in yourself and knowing your boundaries knowing your limits knowing everything that's why we all are working towards a secure attachment because anxious attachment anxious preoccupied fearful avoidant um dismissive avoidant and i like to believe that there's other types of attachment styles and i really want to look into it and this is where you know i've always been a psychology person i've loved psychology growing up but you know i'm in social sciences because i also love justice and advocacy and this is why i'm a multifaceted person and we're all multifaceted humans where we just have so much to offer and give this world and that's why you know i don't like to limit myself to one profession or one thing i'm also you know very fascinated by digital communications and the way that we interact in this digital era and this technologically advanced era and i think there's so much and this is why university it's called it's interdisciplinary there's a lot of crossover with every like there's no one subject that doesn't include every other subject and that's what i like to believe because everything can be combined. That's why it's so important to not just limit yourself, you know? I would love to go to school for so many, many years, but I realize the school system is not for me. I love educating myself, I love. That's why a lot of people are learning things on their own. They're expanding knowledge. And I think in my head, I always had this idea of the, like what constitutes success. Like what really truly constitutes success because I used to be very prejudiced, not, yeah, prejudiced. And I thought that, you know, because it's ingrained in us. You go to school, you go to, you go to preschool, then you go to elementary, then you go to middle school, then you go to high school, and then you go to university, not college, university, and then you're out in the work field. But that doesn't constitute success. But the problem with this generation now is that we now know success is not just going to university, getting that degree, right? And I always thought like yeah if you're not in university 
like <laughs> and this is really this was wrong of me where it was like I want a university man I want a man who went to universities getting big money right and that's very very bad it's toxic because who's to say someone who is working a minimum wage job isn't just as great as someone who went to university degree does not mean anything and you know these are the little life lessons that you learn in life and you and you as you grow up and you realize that like we want all these unrealistic standards that society has placed for us even in looking for a partner or a life partner or whatever when we look at that it's like you have all these certain criteria. that's why it's like you can outline your standards outline what you want in life but your life is not going to go as planned because there has been like and and that's where it's like it's so negative and I talk about this all the time where you know friends will always have something to say if a guy is not attractive in their books it's like "Mm, you're really going for him and then that seed of doubt is planted in your head and you're like oh yeah so he doesn't have this degree he's not this he's not that but you can see all the other great qualities that maybe other men who have the same degree or same everything and then they can still treat you like garbage right and I think that's just the perspective in life and you know someone told me this where you know someone is working a janitor job and they're making a humble living a humble living they're still helping they're still all jobs in this life is is to help others I truly like to believe well some good jobs um is really to help others in some way shape or form and who's to say that just because you're doing something that isn't to the standard or degree that society places out lawyers doctors engineers but you have like and that's why like someone told me the other day that like I've always worked growing up in high school I worked every single year I started off doing newspaper delivery and that was very humbling (laughs) And then my next job was working at the movie theater. I loved it. Then my next job was working at H&M. I loved it. Retail. Um, and then I worked at another retail place. And then I worked at like a fast food chain. And I was talking to this individual and this individual was like, um, I, was, I was just saying how, you know, I'm working this job, part-time job. And then this person goes to say, oh, yeah, I could never do that. You like customer service? Mm, Not for me. I'm looking for a high-paying job. And I had to sit there and bite my tongue because it was like, first of all, I... (laughs) And this is the... Because I used to be that exact same person where it's like, what? But now I'm so secure in myself where it's like, listen, me serving burrito bowls at Chipotle was the most humbling experience that I could ever experience. Every single job that I have worked, customer service job, I've learned a valuable lesson. And I share stories all the time because it's like, you know, you go, I went to work during one of the most darkest times in my life and it was the only thing I could really do. I could just get up, go to work, come back home, like eat, sleep, do school, repeat work on myself that's all I was doing that was my life I was going to work I was doing my education and I was working on myself point blank period I didn't have time to go talk to other people do nothing no 
And that was really my only form of social interaction because I had isolated myself from everyone because I, you know, was isolated and I isolate, I was isolated by people and I isolated myself. And that was the only form of interaction that I had. And every single day I learned something new. Customers will come in and some people I can tell very happy. Some people I could tell having a bad day, even coworkers. You know, you can tell when someone makes the environment, when they speak negative, they make the environment negative. And I've just learned so much from working at Chipotle. <laughs> um, and when I received that comment from that individual, it was like, it didn't really bother me because it was like, I just knew that like, you know, just because I don't have the most high, highest paying job or, or like, I, like, not to say that I won't by God's grace one day. It's like customer service is always seen as something terrible that no one wants to do. I can't do that. But at the same time, you know, you never know who you can touch in your life and who you can touch in your day. And that's where it's like, at the end of the day, if I'm putting a smile on someone's face and if that's picking up garbage, (laughs) so be it. And um, we're always trying to look for the titles. We're always trying to look for things to be negative about and I just I don't see that for myself anymore because I'm very much a complainer I complain about everything but like I don't appreciate we need to be appreciators we don't appreciate a lot of the blessings that we have but we complain about the blessings that we have you know some people don't have jobs why am I sitting here and complaining about a customer service job like what it's a job I'm helping people and you know, you know, sometimes it's like you don't need to seek validation with the titles that you have. You just need to be appreciative of the titles that you've gained and acquired. And that's why my perspective on a whole lot of things are different because I don't I don't choose to pass judgment as much as I used to. We all pass judgment. That's why I hate to, like, when people like to point the finger and be like, oh, my gosh, you gossip so much. Or, oh, my gosh, like, you're two-faced. Okay, first of all, we're all two-faced. We're all hiding our underlayered mask. Because when you're alone, you're not the same person that you are when you are, like, if you haven't healed and worked on yourself. We've all, to some degrees, we all fit personas. We all have that thing. So we're all two-faced. Let's get that bottom line. We're all pick-me people. We're all pick-me people. We're also all very toxic. We also are all complaining about something. We all have the capability to do that. And even if you work on yourself and you're, you're at your highest, most perfect self, you're still a victim of doing those things. And I think that's where it's like, I, once I realized that, because I just realized I was just always gossiping. I was always like, everyone loves gossip. Gossip is so easy to do, to talk about about someone else. It's so easy. And we still do it. And But I realized, you know, from deleting social media, that cutoff, that, like, that, like, that ability to send people's pictures. Like, we've all done it. Um, even with TikTok, I don't follow people. I don't follow my friends like that. I don't follow random people. I follow people that I want to follow. And even at that, I don't even watch what my friends really post because I know for me, I'm going to, you know. And I've lived a very peaceful life these past six months because it's six, seven months. It, January, February, March, April, May, June. 
yeah six months um because it's like now i'm very i still pass judgment don't get me wrong i'm a very judgmental person i still will call people out but i just realized that like there's no need to consume my life in judging other people um whether they've because everyone's at a different stage in their life and you don't know where people are and that's like for me it's like yo who am i to go and judge someone else when i don't know what stage they are in their life because if i myself am growing every single day an exponential rate like i'm not the same per- everyone is not the same person they used to be yesterday unless you want to sit in your trauma and you want to sit in your problems so who am i to place my judgment on someone of a post or a picture that was posted a day ago two weeks ago when that person is a different person or version of themselves right now in the living moment right that just makes me very judgmental in the sense that like we're all striving i hope everyone is striving to be the best versions of themselves and even if they aren't the best versions of myself that's not my place that's not my problem and that stems back to just realizing like not everyone's problem is not my problem um and i think not having social media was very humbling and you know there's days where i'm like "Mm, should i get an instagram again should i get snapchat again but it's like i don't uh, like i kind of love my life without it and it's for that purpose i was really trying to work like honestly i'm so happy with the degree that i'm going for because it's like Digital communications has opened my eyes up to a lot of things. I think people take these digital communication social media courses and walk away from it. And, oh my God, this is how I need to learn how to market and manage and fix the algorithm. And, like, I started my TikTok account with zero everything. I, I didn't really, like, yeah, sure, I understood algorithms. I understood trends. I understood all those things. But I still stuck true to myself. And I gained a very constant rate of... um rate of what's the word of progression and quote on air quote unquote success because numbers don't equate success for me having 30,000 likes um right now um a very huge accomplishment for me I think that's awesome to get 30,000 likes in four months because I started in March April May June yeah four months and almost close to like 500 followers now in four months that's crazy that's awesome because me comparing it to other accounts that I've made and the trends in that. I had other accounts for almost two years, a year, never reached the amount of what my now account is. And I didn't do anything differently. The only thing I did really differently is be myself and be my most authentic self um, and talk about issues and things that actually matter to me. And I think a lot of people want to hear and listen to, which is why I'm starting this podcast. Um. And I guess this is the first episode. We'll see. Obviously, the the quality will be much better because this is just me talking and I'm outside. I don't have my mic set up. I don't have those things. But again, like people think that, you know, when you start a YouTube channel, when you start a podcast or you start a TikTok account or you start all these digital whatever, that's the thing. And I say this all the time. Content creation lacks authenticity now because we're all trying to do, do everything to fit in. And the intentions of a lot of people aren't there. Um, we're always just trying to fit in. You can t- and that's the thing. People gravitate to, to relatability and authenticity. Um, and that's what I hope to, to 
to put out because I'd rather be my most authentic self and I'd rather be my most relatable self than try and put up a front to gain fake numbers, (laughs) right? And I always say this, and I think I'll end off with this. If you're helping one person in your day, that's, that's what your goal should always be. If you're helping one person, not even in your day, in your lifetime, if you've helped one person, you're, you're doing something right. And I think that was always my mentality before because it was like, I want to help everyone. But sometimes you just need to help one person or a certain amount of people. Like, You don't need to crave all these numbers. I'm very satisfied with... It's about being satisfied with the life you're given. And you don't have to be at the top. We're always trying to be at the top. I think success comes to those who are humble with what they have. And right now in my life, I'm very successful. Because I'm humble with what I have. And I think everyone is successful. I think everyone is successful. But we just don't see it. Because we're always thinking that success equates these big, big, big numbers. And I've had a lot of people in my life come across and, you know, you know, and that was also another thing about social media. I can get into it about materialism and this fake materialistic mindset and view of things and, you know, going out to the most fanciest restaurants and taking a picture of it in that moment and people looking at it and seeing like, oh my gosh, I'm not here right now. I'm not doing this right now. I'm not, right? Because we're always chasing something. But... I don't know, I'm just very satisfied with living a simple... Like, I've always wanted a mansion, a million-dollar husband. But I'm so comfortable with living in a shack. (laughs) I'm so comfortable living in a shack with a man who doesn't make a lot of money. (laughs) Um, But it is humble. It carries humility. It's kind. Like, I want those qualities, and we need to strive more every single day for those qualities. Humility. Like, kindness. And, you know, those, those, those amazing traits. Because people can't take those traits away from you as a person if that's how you carry your life. I always, I, like, I've always been an optimistic person, but I've always been very realistic, I think. Because I'm understand to see, I'm I'm able to see situations for what they are. But because I'm so optimistic, sometimes they overpower each other. Is the right word real realist? I need to do one of those like quiz things. But um, that's why like my perspective is always changing on things because of my optimism. And sometimes I'm way too realistic, and sometimes I'm way too optimistic. It's about fi- finding balance in everything you do in life. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm working on. Where it's like. Being optimistic isn't a bad thing because, you know, people will tell you, I say this all the time, will our world see world peace? Maybe not. I, I'm realistic. No. But I like to hope that the little acts that we all do, we contribute to the greater good of society and we can strive for a more peaceful world. Will, it, will we ever accomplish world peace? I don't think so. But again, you can you can accomplish peace in your own neighborhoods and your own social groups and all those things if you really dedicate the time to changing who you are and changing your perspective on things and um that's just how it is yeah um i hope you guys enjoyed this first kind of episode um 
I just really, again, I'm really authentic. Like, if you want to start a podcast, if you want to start anything in your life, just start it. (laughs) Just start it. Don't let people make you feel like you can't do something. Whatever mistakes that you made in the past, just learn from your mistakes, take accountability, and strive to be, again, and you can be accountable within yourself. Just strive to be a better person. That's really it. It's very simple. Because, again, as I said, light and dark cannot coexist. One has to outpower the other, even if we have those traits. So choose light, choose positivity, choose all those great things because... You know, it's really easy to be a nice person and it's really, it takes more work to be hard and carry hate in your heart or or resentment or those things. So, you know, this is a self-help podcast. I'll be talking about so many different things because at this point in our lives and in, everyone li- in, in everyone's life, at this point in my life, I just, I just, I choose to focus on like the small moments in life that are just so beautiful rather than focusing on the negative. And at this point in our, in, in this whole generation, there's just so much turmoil, famine, um, hate. It's just so much disgusting things out there. And we should want to be positive. We should want to lead a life that's good or at least trying we're not perfect beings no one is perfect i will never be perfect i will continue to make mistakes i will continue to pass judgment i'll continue to gossip i'll continue to do all the things but it's at what degree and it's it's checking in with yourself and realizing that like hey look like what am i doing i ask myself this every day now and i think this is something i'll leave everyone with but ask yourself every day how have i contributed to being the problem how How have you contributed today to being the problem? And that is the most humbling thing I've ever done for myself because I take constructive criticism very poorly sometimes. And I also like to believe I am not the problem because I do victimize myself a lot, even if I am right. But at the same time, it's not about being right. It's not about being wrong. It's about seeing where your faults are and what you can do to not be the problem. So ask yourself, How have you been the problem today? And once you really reflect on that, figure out how you can work towards not being the problem tomorrow. Because at this point in our lives, we need to just recognize we're not all, we're not all perfect. And there's meaningful ways, finding the meaningful moments in life. So yeah. Thank you for listening. Hopefully I'll have more podcasts out, more episodes out with better quality. Again, it doesn't need to be better, better anything. My message has gotten across, it's gotten across. So um, see you guys in the next episode.